Support for this program is provided by Chevron. I mean, this is remarkable. You've got trees that quite literally date back over 3,300 years ago. You can't rebuild a giant sequoia. So there's a pretty big fire that's been threatening some giant sequoias out there. And they've had to wrap the bottom of these trees, including the General Sherman tree, which is the largest living thing in the world. I mean, you can replant it and come back in 3,000 years to enjoy it. And that's why we're here with a deep sense of urgency. They've had to, um, to wrap the bottom of these trees with foil. And they also had to protect the famous sign outside of uh, the entrance to the park. That's where Newsom signed these bills like, and gave an address. Climate is not just about degrees, not just about you know, decarbonization. It, it's about tradition. It's about lifestyles. It's about memories, quite literally being wiped off the map. And um, he got pretty emotional up there. But on the track we're on, our kids are going to inherit a world with eight degree higher temperatures than they have today. And that he was saying that he was telling his four young kids that he was visiting like an area that was really hit hard by fires. And that's where um, he and his dad uh, would go um, like when Governor Newsom was a child. So this place has a lot of meaning to him where he signed the bills. The reason I talk in terms of people and lifestyles and traditions is I'm, a little, I'm being a little selfish, like a kid. I was here as a, a kid, and they're wrapping a tree. They're wrapping a, tr- they're wrapping a tree. They're putting tinfoil around a tree. I'm Annie Snyder. This is Politico Energy. And today, Colby Rommel on California's newest suite of climate laws. It's Monday, September 27th. So California already has like a renewable portfolio standard. It already has like emissions, uh, bug reductions targets. But a lot of the work in recent years in California has been to either codify these things or to try to actually implement them. So uh, over the past several years in Governor Newsom's administration, he's definitely signed measures that would actually make these things go into effect. And the state is even looking at accelerating some of those um, climate goals, for instance. So walk us through what these bills would do. It's certainly been a rough year for California climate-wise. How much of this is a response to that? Yeah, it has been, absolutely. On California's Lake Oroville, shuttleboat operator John Lopez is discovering a world not seen for decades. This is the first time this set of trees here has even seen the light of day in probably 60 years. We're going through like a drought again. We're having another catastrophic wildfire season. Right now, out of control wildfires are raging across California. Hellish fires ravaging the Sequoia National Forest. We've come close to having um, rolling blackouts, all things that are connected to climate change, of course. So Governor Newsom, he really wanted to sign these bills to put things in motion that'll help the state. So he signed a bill that's called SB1, which was brought forward by the state Senate majority leader. It shows the priority of it dealing like with sea level rise. Um, He signed a bill that would incentivize offshore wind development. And he also signed a bill that would boost funding for oil well cleanup. In California, despite its green credentials, is actually the number seven oil producing state lake in the country. So this is a big deal to really tackle that issue. Two dozen bills sounds like quite a few, but it sounds like he didn't sign all of the ones that had come to his desk. So what's going on with the ones that haven't been signed yet? Yeah, that's right. There's a few other bills 
that did make it out, but that Newsom uh, has not signed yet. So one of those bills is called SB 406, which would increase transparency at California's fossil fuel regulator. And this agency has given um, Governor Newsom lots of trouble. And so he needs to figure out how he wants to act on this, essentially. And um, there's another bill, which is called AB 1346. That would basically direct the Air Resources Board um, to develop a zero emission mandate for power uh, equipment. I think you mentioned that Governor Newsom just recently beat back a recall election. Tell us about the timing of this signing. Is it a coincidence that it's coming right after his, uh, his beating that recall? Um, it might just so happen to be more tied to the legislative calendar and like the window that he has, but it is uh, um, a big boost to him in that you know, he's able to now tout like with a mandate that I am going to lead the state forward on climate measures. And he also has several big non-legislative like decisions coming up that are really going to be deciding the future of energy in California. For instance, his public utilities commission is 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 going to be looking at rooftop solar with net metering. And his fossil fuel regulator is going to be looking at whether to impose setbacks like or buffer zones between new drilling and sensitive sites. So he has a lot of big decisions ahead of him. And he now has to decide whether he wants to take that mandate that he earned like in the recall going forward or or whether he wants to maybe even play it safe ahead of like a White House run, even like in 2024. Also, California's largest utility company was charged with a number of felonies, all related to last year's Zog fire. On Friday, Shasta County's district attorney charged PG&E with 11 felonies and 20 misdemeanors, including manslaughter charges related to the four deaths that occurred as a result of last year's wildfires. According to the district attorney, the wildfire was caused by a downed tree that the company failed to cut down for two years, despite clear indications that it was a risk for power lines. As punishment, PG&E could face substantial fines. And while the company has accepted that the downed tree was the cause of the fire, it denies that any crime was committed. Instead, it pointed at climate change and worsening weather conditions as factors that have troubled its ability to assess the work it needs to do for power line maintenance. If you want more news on energy and the environment in your inbox, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. And just a reminder that we want to hear what you love about our podcasts, what you hate, and all things in between. So please tell us by heading over to the politico.com slash pod survey and answering a few questions. For more shows that you want to hear, or to make shows like Politico Energy serve you better, tell us what that looks like. So one more time, politico.com slash pod survey. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future.